Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, from Cat Swamp Road over in New Jersey. And, you know, even though I do this show in the farmhouse, as you're well aware if you've listened to it, and my podcast also, that today's show may be sounding like I'm live someplace in a kitten romper room. Thank God it's raining, and we haven't had rain for a long, long time. But because of that, none of the cats want to go out, none of the kittens want to go out, and they're over here, and they insist upon being in my office. And you may say to me, well, why don't you just close the door? Well, you know what it's like when six cats meow, even little kittens meow? These kittens got lungs like a dragon. So I want to ask you to forgive me that if there is some meowing or some noise in the background, that this is almost like a like a, a live show today at uh, Farm Progress or some other show with, with background noises. That is not my intent, and I'm trying my best to get them to be quiet. But the uh, cats and the kittens and wires for recording equipment go together <laughs> like gasoline and water in an engine right so i got somebody climbing up on my lap right now so that's not good so i uh, want to thank you in advance for your patience with this guy from i guess cat swamp road how else could it be but you know today what we're going to talk about is some tips for combines and we have such an eclectic audience and i always say we because we do this collectively together this is not my show this is your show and that's why i ask you for for you to reach out to me and give me a pin in my map so i know where you're listening from and what you do so i could tailor the content of each episode to serve you and bring value to you now even though i'm going to be talking about combines today Please keep in mind that you could also apply this to other aspects of machinery, whether it's a semi, whether it's a pickup truck, whether it's a car, an irrigation pump, or what have you. So what I always try to do is is have content that is eclectic so that you could apply it to other things. And so we're going to get into that right after the break. And I uh, just wanted to, I wouldn't be a farmer if I didn't give you an update on my crops. And I guess the, the verdict is in, we lost about 95% of our sweet corn crop to the drought. We have very low CEC soil here, just about five, and it doesn't take much for the moisture to get out, to evaporate out of it. And without any rain, uh, it wasn't looking it wasn't looking pretty. But uh, we did harvest for about a week, a little bit. Well, actually, seven days to be exact. And the corn we did harvest by God's grace was beautiful. So that was an answer to my prayer because I had hoped to have at least something to harvest. But considering all the other things that are going on in the world, all the other things that are happening on people's farms, that this is a, it, this is a, 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 not even a bump in the road. It's a pebble in the road of life. So, and I guess you just have to, we have to learn in life to look at things that way, because even though it affects us financially and and uh, emotionally to lose a crop, but we have to say, hey, if we did everything <clears throat> that we're supposed to do and it didn't rain, there's nothing more that we could do about it. So listen, hold pat and never forget that agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. And we'll talk about some combine service tips right after the break. Thank you. 
Sirius XM Triumph helps you live your best life. This is Dr. Laura. If you want some no-nonsense advice about relationships, marriage, kids, or moral and ethical dilemmas in your life, call me. And get real-life advice on your money. Dave Ramsey here. For almost 30 years, I've been taking calls from people who all want the same thing, a plan. We'll give you the proven strategies for your life, your money, all right here on The Ramsey Show. Sirius XM Triumph 111. Or listen on the Sirius XM app. Crew, let's ranch it up. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. Every week, right here on the Ranch It Up radio show, we talk the cow stuff. Some rodeo action. Cowboys. Markets. The latest cow country news, sale barn reports, and everything in between. The Ranch It Up radio show every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for AOA. In the field, on the farm, or in the saddle, we're right there with you in your pocket, on your phone, and everywhere you go. RFD TV Now. Current ag reports, geo targeted weather, live streaming 24 7, and our full collection of shows you love at the tip of your finger. At less than $10 a month, it's the cheapest tool on the farm. Download the app today and start watching RFD TV Now. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer, and we're going to get into some combine service tips. Now, obviously, the most important thing is for you to be safe during harvest, so that goes without saying. But also, what I think a lot of people don't recognize is the fact that if you could get through harvest without any mechanical issues, that's always obviously very important, but the least mechanical problems you have the less likelihood you are to get hurt. Now, you could say to yourself, well, what, how's that correlation, hot rod? Well, let's say you have a problem with the with the combine, or it doesn't have to be the combine, one of the uh, tractors pulling the grain cart, or a truck that's uh, a semi or a straight truck that's pulling grain off the combine hopper, right? And then you get, and you get delayed with that, then not only is the potential of weather coming in, but also psychologically now you're tired, you're pushing harder, and that's a recipe for disaster that we all know. So the thing is, obviously, be safe first, but the idea that the, that the equipment runs without any issues is a catalyst for you to be safe, because if you could run without problems, it is going to make you more efficient, and that efficiency is going to, it has the potential to make it a safer harvest. Now, what I want now, you know, everybody is. I'm not going to talk about the basic stuff like keeping the machine clean for less likelihood of a fire. But what I do want to talk about is something that some people recognize, but for the most part, it goes. I don't want to say unrecognized. I don't think it's given the the authority that it needs to have. And we're going to talk, and this is specifically with combines, but with also all other pieces of equipment. But you know, today's 
Today's modern equipment has very, very ground sensitive. Even back years ago, before there were there were yield monitors and before there there was electronics, is that the ground circuits on every machine is very <clears throat> is very very important. Now, what I'm going to ask for you to do is before you go into harvest, I want you to check the coolant on the engine of the combine. And you could do this on your trucks too, in your tractors, it makes no difference, but we're going to focus on the combine. And I want you to do a voltage test in the coolant. And you may say, well, what is that about hot rod? Well, what will happen is that over time, if the, if the machine has a weak ground circuit, is that electricity is going to go to ground no matter what. It's going to find a path to go to ground, just like lightning. And if it has a weak ground circuit over time, it will use the coolant as a ground and will actually make the coolant into a galvanic battery. It'll make it like a little bit of a battery. So you need to check the coolant for voltage. Now you should do this on all your equipment, specifically your diesel engines, but your gasoline engines also. Because what will happen is that if you are using the coolant as a a conduit to ground two telltale signs will occur number one you will eventually get pinholes in different aspects of the cooling system so in other words you could have pinholes in the radiator pinholes in the heater core pinholes in aluminum intake manifold and pinholes random pinholes are a telltale sign for electricity being using the coolant as a ground. The other thing is that specifically if you have an aluminum radiator or aluminum heat exchanger, that you see black streaks on the core. But historically, you get pinholes. And the pinholes, okay, the heater core is starting to leak, the radiator is starting to leak. And you say, look at the little pinholes. We have four or five pinholes here. And then you write it off to something else. And usually, it is from electrolysis. It's from the coolant being used as a conduit to ground. Now, this is very easy to check. You're going to use your voltmeter, and it could be a digital voltometer, or it could be an analog. It makes no difference. So we're going to reference it off a digital. And what you're going to do is you're going to put the ground on a good ground, specific and ideally it should be the battery negative ground but i know like in a combine or a big piece of equipment or a semi you may not be able to reach that without 10 feet of jumper wires <clears throat> so you want to get the ground on a good ground the negative lead of the voltmeter and then you want to take the positive lead of the voltmeter and put it in the coolant but it has to be in the coolant without touching anything it can't touch the core it can't touch the tanks it can't touch anything in the radiator and then you want to have the voltmeter if it's not an auto ranging meter you want to have the voltmeter on the lowest voltage possible setting so depending upon your voltmeter maybe 200 volts or maybe 20 volts the lowest setting because ideally you want to have less than three tenths of a volt that's 0.3 in the coolant if you, and that's an industry standard you may go to caterpillar and they may say 0.28 you may go to john deere they may say 0.35 but an industry standard is 0.3 and you may go on your semi and have cummins may tell you a little bit different but 0.3 is a good number so you want it less than 0.3 and if it's less than 0.3, then you know that you are not using the coolant 
as a pathway to ground. Now, keep in mind that if you have 0 0.4, 0 0.5, it's not where you say, oh, good enough, right? It's close enough to 0 0.3. That's a big, big difference between 0 0.4 or 0.5 and 0.3. Ideally, you want to have 0.1 or 0.2 or 0. So 0.3 is the threshold. And what is happening is that the coolant is being used as a ground path. Now, keep in mind <clears throat> that you do not know where that ground path is faulty historically when it when it's in the engine like that it's usually something that is attached to the engine like the starter circuit or it could be even something as simple as the blower motor inside the cab of the combine but the first step is to look at that voltage and you need and over time you should do this as part of your preventive maintenance on all your diesel equipment all right and use the point three as a good number now, what I also want you to recognize is that lots of combine fires start because of a bad ground. And you may say, well, the bearing caught fire and the combine was dusty, the bearing got hot and it caught fire and that's what burned the machine down, God forbid, right? Well, his, and that's very, very possible. But a lot of bearings are used because, or used, or ruined, excuse me, because of a bad ground in the combine. And what is happening is that we have to recognize that a combine, like any piece of equipment, but specifically a combine with a small grain head on it, is going to make a high level of static electricity so you're so you're <clears throat> combining soybeans that are very very dry and the reel is spinning and you're going through it that interaction of the reel with the crop and the same thing would happen with a corn head but i'm going to use the the small grain head because it's it's more of a visual is going to create static electricity now years ago lots of guys used to drag chains behind the combine to help eliminate that static electricity now the fact is is that all of the companies that make combines know what they're doing and i'm i'm not against running a chain on the combine and lots of people say well if they run a chain on the combine and they do they're they're harvesting in really dusty conditions that the windows even stay cleaner but the fact of the matter is that what you have to recognize is that if you're having a problem it's because a ground circuit has deteriorated and it's using something else for a ground and lots of times it will use a bearing for a ground now as i said a minute or two ago i'm not going to say that a bearing can't go bad by itself but that is why i also suggest that you carry in the machine you carry a non-contact thermometer <clears throat> which is an infrared gun and i know that you can't get to all of the bearings on the combine but it's a good idea when you're stopping and taking a break to shoot the bearings and shoot different rotating members with the infrared gun and look for a disparity in temperature but you also have to recognize so if this is closer to the engine you may be getting some thermal transfer you have to you have to apply some some critical thinking and some common sense but if you have let's say two bearings on the perimeter of the header and one is running 150 degrees hotter than the other then that is a potential problem that is that is starting to uh, a problem in the making but a lot of bearings are ruined by a bad ground and that is why you will go and you'll put a bearing in it and then a year from now or two years now specifically with a combine and for the reason being <clears throat> 
is that unless you're a custom harvester, that combine sits most of the time, and lots of times grounds become corroded, and the, actually the corrosion goes from the eyelid up into the wire, and then has high impedance, and it does it is not an effective ground. So when you're building all of that static electricity from that real spinning in that header, and other aspects of the combine, everything is turning and spinning in a combine, and you're putting you're putting crop through there. That interaction of the crop is going to make a lot of static electricity. Now, like with a semi going down the road, the tires make a lot of a static electricity, and also the the just the wind resistance of the cab and the trailer going through the air is going to make static electricity. So it's very important that you recognize that. Now, getting back to running the chains on a combine or running ground strips straps on a semi. Remember, years ago, the cars used to come from the factory with a ground strap and it looked like a rubber strap. And people say, "Well, how can rubber?" transmit electricity because it wasn't pure rubber it was impregnated with copper you didn't see it but it was impregnated with crop with copper so the fact is that if the ground circuits have full integrity on your combine then you don't need to to drag chains behind it or run a ground strap but if anything is in question then you should do that as far as safety is concerned now another thing i want to get back to the coolant now don't lull yourself into a into a uh, a false sense of security saying well i listened to the hot rod farmer i checked my coolant it's got less than three tenths of a volt in it so i don't have a bad ground no that just means that the coolant is not being used as the ground path that's very very important so if it's using <clears throat> using the engine as a ground path, then it will show up there. Now, electricity, you cannot predict what it's going to do. It would be just like on planting day, predicting what your yield or your crop is going to look like. We cannot do that. We don't know what's going to happen. And with electricity, you don't know where it's going to find the ground if it has a defective ground. So now another thing for you to pay attention to is some sensitive electronics in the cab of the combine for instance like a yield monitor or believe it or not even the dashboard lights if you're running at night all right if you start to get a little bit of a flickering of those dashboard lights or something is happening then you that may be an indication of a ground circuit but it could also be an indication of a diode starting to go bad in the alternator now everybody talks about and rightfully so that you have to calibrate all of your sensors on the combine but calibrating the sensor without confirming the integrity of the ground or the output of the the output voltage but the cleanliness of the output voltage of the alternator is basically like putting n and p and no k on your crop all right if everything is fine then you then that that's good but lots of times very sensitive electronics will be the canary in the coal mine to either tell you that a ground circuit is starting to have high impedance and remember it's high impedance a good ground circuit on any type of machine car combine tractor truck what have you should be less than two tenths of an ohm all right so if you have three tenths of an ohm four tenths of an ohm five tenths of an ohm then that ground circuit is not is not going to it's going to back up 
that's really in essence what happens it's a traffic jam of electrons trying to go to ground and it's going to find its way in all different paths it's going to just like lightning like i said it's going to want to go to ground if it goes through a bearing that's fine if it goes through the through the engine coolant that's fine if it goes through through something else that it's that it's it's fine as far as it is concerned not as far as you you are concerned the other thing i want you to pay attention to specifically with the combine and with your tractors and with your road vehicles is that if you are prone to get a shock let's say you're getting out of it and you grab the door handle and you get a little bit of a static electricity shot shock that that is an indicator of a of a a poor ground circuit um a while back i had a a listener contact me they put new tires on their wife's car and she drives barefoot and when she would get out of the car with the new tires every once in a while she'd get a shock when she'd touch the ground because she had no shoes on when anything like that happens is that you cannot ignore it and say oh just whatever it's anomaly it's something something is whatever doesn't 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 mean anything doesn't mean anything here it does mean something and for you to be safe and you to be effective you need to have good ground circuits on that combine you need to have you need to have the integrity there and you need to have good alternator output because if you and what will happen with an alternator <coughs> excuse me what will happen with alternator is that you start to put the load on the alternator if you have a weak diode it's going to start to to pass some unrectified ac so you may be running all day long and not have an issue then you may be running at night and you have the headlights on it's hot you have the air conditioner on and nobody could tell you what the threshold is and that's why it's so important for you to pay attention because the threshold may be that you, that when you put the ac on and the and the headlights on that the diode is starting to pass some unrectified ac you shut the headlights off or you shut the air conditioner off and it's fine so please pay attention to these things they're canaries in the coal mine for not only your safety but for the efficiency of your harvest Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special show. Country music history comes alive with stars, songs, and stories. You know, we're blessed with great stars here on our show tonight. The face and voice of country music on TV and radio. Having a good time? This is going to be fun. Country Music Hall of Fame member Ralph Emery. Sunday right here on America's only agribusiness and Western lifestyle network, Rural Radio. There's more to come here on the Ralph Emery Show. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel on Sirius XM serving rural Americans. Each weekday morning, stay current with real-time data, expert analysis on the markets, and tailored forecasts you care about with Market Day Report. Then, in the afternoon, catch up on shows like Real Ag, Ag PhD, Shark Farmer, and Western Sports Roundup. Rural Radio 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the foodways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, 
Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Don't miss us right here on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. You can hear us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern. In 4-H, we believe nothing should hold a kid back. And if we all pull together, nothing will. Visit 4-H.org today and join us. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And the kittens have been pretty good so far. I don't know if you heard a couple of things, but I guess they're conking out, all right, which is good. They could have, should have conked out a half hour ago. But now it's going to be time for Meet Me in the Farm Shop. But before we have that ep- that segment in the show, I got I forgot to tell you during the first segment of my email address. It's hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. So just if you have any questions, please reach out to me. And also, if you let me know where you listen from, I could put a pin in my map. Tell me a little bit about your operation. And you will also get into the contest to win a Hot Rod Farmer license plate. But we're going to have Tex Rubin. Would sing because he's the hot rod man from Ripsaw Records. Come on in, buddy. Well, I'm a rolling daddy with a mean machine. It's gotta be a motor that show is clean. I'm a hot rod man. Yeah, I'm a hot rod man. Well, look out, little mama. Get- hey, everybody, anybody who's a musician, I'm not a musician. All I could do is play the radio, but the, they will notice the sensitivity of ground circuits and feedback into uh, into speakers and other equipment. So just please keep that in mind. And the more electronics that there is on a piece of farm equipment or a vehicle, the more sensitive it is to ground. You get an old 4020 John Deere with nothing but a set of headlights, it really didn't care too much about anything as long as it could crank the engine. All righty. So we're going to meet me in a farm shop. Come on in. You got, come on. Yo, 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 over there. Come on. Grab a seat and sit down. All right? Come on. I got Joey. He's running out of the back of the farm shop here okay what we're going to talk about today is air conditioner settings and you know you go into harvest and you're going to be running the air conditioner in the combine because you're going to have a greenhouse effect even if it's cool outside you're going to get the sun beating in there and if it's summertime whether it's a road vehicle what have you and a lot of people don't understand air conditioner settings so we're going to go over it very quickly you know, many do not fully understand the AC settings that are used in a vehicle or farm machine and falsely believe the system is slow to cool the interior. The verbiage may be different, but it's traditionally identified as normal and max. Getting into a hot vehicle, many choose max, but that is incorrect. When set to normal, the outside air is cooled and exits through the ducts. On max, the inside air, which at first is substantially hotter, is being cooled. The proper procedure for the quickest cool down is to open the windows and place the AC on normal. When the interior stabilizes with the ambient temperature, close the windows. If a further reduction in temperature is desired, switch to max once the interior temperature is below that of the outside. And that also comes into play if you're doing working in a very dusty condition. If you have it on max, what it will do is it will recirculate that air. It's going to cool the air that's already been cooled and that introduces much outside air. When you have it on normal, it's going to cool the outside air and 
bring it into the cab of the combine, the truck, the car, or what have you. So, so many people get into a hot vehicle, they have the windows closed, and they put it on max, thinking that's the max cold, and they say, this air conditioner stinks. It doesn't cool the vehicle down. It's not supposed to cool the vehicle down because your air in there is probably 20 to 30 degrees hotter than the outside air. So that basically is it. So listen, I want to thank you so much for for tuning in, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved America. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. This is for the farmers, the ranchers, the manufacturers and producers, the growers, and the showers. This is for you, the ones staying on your feet and doing the legwork, giving it the elbow grease and putting your back into it, over your head, against the odds, and still, every single day, putting on your game face. You keep this whole thing together, even when you're already bursting at the seams. Thank you. Thank you for showing us how to keep going. Thank you for growing the economy we rely on, for producing the goods we consume, and manufacturing solutions where there are none. Even when there is no clear road ahead, you are the ones blazing the trail and always going the extra mile. You are the backbone of rural America, and we always have your back. RFD TV, rural America's most important network. And Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. The Cowboy Channel Bar in the historic Fort Worth Stockyards is the country's first bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch your favorite rodeo on one of the 11 televisions. From the Texas Swing to 100 rodeos in 100 days and the National Finals Rodeo, Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and the most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic speakeasy on the weekend. Located right under the famous Fort Worth Stockyard sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today.